Good morning, everyone. It's time for us to begin this morning as people are still beginning to come in this morning. Let's all stand as we sing our few, first few songs this morning. Oh God, you are my God.
Well, let's go ahead and get the elephant out of the room. Many of you stared at me with gawking faces this morning. Yeah, you're doing it right now. Thanks, Taryn and Jordan. Uh, Wondering what happened to mine. So I'll just say it like this. Anyone that tells you you can win a fight with pavement if you use your face as a weapon, they are a liar. You will lose. (laughs) That's what happened to mine. I've been training for a half marathon I've got coming up in a couple weeks, and uh, running in the dark doesn't always turn out the best. So I'm fine. No more questions. It's a horrible story. So (laughs) we are glad you are here this morning at West Irwin that you've joined us, whether you're here in person or joining us online, as uh, Bill Allen is this morning. You'll notice uh, his name is uh, in the bullets and outline, and uh, his outline is there, but he's not here. Uh, Bill was feeling a little under weather this morning, and so Davey Carter uh, will be preaching this morning, and at 5 o'clock this afternoon, I will be teaching uh, the Reflections class over in our office building. So just as a couple of, uh, of changes you'll, met, you'll see there on your bulletin. Uh, in the bulletin, when you open it up on the top left corner of that interior uh, page, you'll see a blurb about a widow's date night. Uh, we've have one of those typically in February, and we were going to be doing another one, but the date is just not working out for any of our young men and their families, and so we are going to be rescheduling that, and as soon as we know uh, when that date is, we will let y'all know, Uh, but again, because it is coming up so quickly, we wanted to announce that here as well as we'll send out uh, email reminders that um, disregard that date, there will be a rescheduling. Uh, The only other thing we want to uh, impart, impress to bring before the church is we are one Sunday away, one week away from our trunk or treat. Um, thankful to Marla and Lainey Canifax who went to our Bible classes this morning to make uh, one last plea because we do have significantly less uh, people signed up to host trunks this year. And uh, I can just tell you something we know with certainty now. Both Marvin Methodist next door and First Baptist across the street are having their trunk or treats and fall festivals at the exact same time as us. So next Sunday is going to be cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs down here in downtown Tyler, which means there's going to be a bunch of kids down here. So we need all the help we can get. And I know several of you have been waiting at least two weeks to hear this again. So I just wanted to remind you to bring... All the candy. We, uh, we are still taking candy. We need candy. There's a, a purple box in the foyer back there. Uh, so you can bring that today or even Wednesday or even next Sunday because Sunday morning is still fine. But right there where that box is on the table above it where we typically have sign-ups, there is a sign-up for trunks. And uh, if you've been on the fence or if you did it last year and you haven't signed up this year, we just want to encourage you and ask you. Uh, to do that for the sake of uh, all the kids that are going to be here that are here as a part of our community, uh, as well as our kids here at this church. So, uh, again, that's one week from today. Uh, Lastly, uh, on the seat back in front of you, you'll see a a white card like this, whether you are a visitor or uh, a 50-year member. We still ask that everyone fill one of these out so that we can have a record of your attendance, uh, and we know that you were here. 
Um, that is all of the extra things we wanted to give you all this morning. And so I'm going to invite Wade Weathers up here, one of our shepherds here at West Irwin, uh, to lead us in our shepherd's prayer. Good morning, church. I want to uh, give just one announcement to make that was not in the bulletin, and that is uh, Dale Blackstone handed me a note that his brother-in-law, Lee McDonald, passed away this morning in Lubbock. So please, uh, our, the, the plans will be announced in the future, but please keep Dale and Carolyn and their family in your prayers. You bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, and we thank you for the many, many blessings that we enjoy in this life, and we're so thankful for that, and many, many times we're not as appreciative as we should be. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, at this time for Tucker Sullivan's grandmother, who's been admitted to uh, hospice. We pray that you will uh, be with their family in this time that she transitions from this life to the next. pray that you will give them strength and, and peace in, in knowing that uh, she's going to be with you, and it's a hard transition in this life, but it is a transition that we will all endure unless uh, you come back before we pass from this life, and we're just so thankful that we have the promise of spending eternity uh, with you. Pray, dear Heavenly Father, for the others that are mentioned and listed on our prayer and care. We pray for Stan Clark, we've all had back problems, and we know how painful that will be, and we pray that he will find some comfort and relief from that. We're so thankful Donnie Carnathan is here with us this morning and is feeling better after his treatments. It's good to always see his smiling face. We pray also for Galen Siegler that his treatments will be successful. He is such a fine, fine man, great example, great leader of this church. Um, we all appreciate everything Galen has done all the, throughout all the years for this church, and we look forward to his participation with us in the future as well. We pray also, dear Heavenly Father, for Janice Hardaway, that she will uh, recover and be back with us as soon as she can, because we all know how much she misses our services. Pray, dear Heavenly Father, for all those who are with us this morning that struggle to get here, there are so many people that have a lot of physical challenges to get to worship services, yet they're here every Sunday, and dear God, we need to help them. We need to also look to them for uh, guidance as how we should approach our life, because many times we don't make it to worship service, even though our excuses are fairly slim. Pray, dear Heavenly Father, at this time for peace in the world. We see problems throughout all of Eastern Europe, and we see problems now developing in Israel, and we know that there is saber-rattling in the Asia-Pacific areas of this world. Dear God, we, we just pray for peace because so many people have lost their lives, innocent people, we know that so many more will lose their lives in the upcoming days and months, and we pray that we will, somehow the leadership in our country will find some wisdom and strength and unity to help the world resolve all these issues so that we may 
once again live in peace in this world. We know, dear Heavenly Father, that the world has seen our country as weak because we are divided. And where there's weakness, there's always an evil one ready to, to prowl and, and take advantage of that situation. Pray, dear Heavenly Father, now that we will find unity in our country and that we will come together as one because we are now reaping the fruits of the division we have seen over the past several years. And that's bad in our country, dear Heavenly Father, but it's also bad in our church. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, for unity in our church because we can also have the fruits of the evil one show up and divide us. And we see in Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, that you list six things, yet seven are abomination, and the last one is dissension amongst the brethren. You listed that specifically as an abomination, dear God, because that is what it is. It creates weakness, divides us, makes us selfish. We're not united. There is no strength, and there's an open door for Satan to take advantage of that situation. You also mentioned it in Romans 16 as well. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, we'll be on our guard in our church, that we will always find a commonality and unity, that there's strength there. And the only thing that can happen from division is weakness. And then the Satan can take advantage of that situation, and he will. He is waiting for that situation to occur everywhere he is. Pray to our Heavenly Father that we will work towards growing in our faith each and every day of our lives. So we've heard so many people throughout our lives say, I was just born that way. The problem is we were all born as sinners. We've all sinned, and that is no excuse for our actions. We need to grow to, to become more like you each and every day. And using the excuse we were born that way is the worst excuse we could ever come up with as a Christian. We may have been born the way we were, but we have to grow in our faith, in our actions, in our treatment of others. so that we will look more like you each and every day. Because the church is the called out. We're not supposed to look like the world. We're not supposed to act like the world. We cannot lead anyone to Christ if we look like the world. We have to look like your people. And when we look like your people, we will be a magnet to others who want to understand who you are, understand the path of salvation, understand our peace and our joy in our hearts. We cannot attract anyone if we look like everyone else. We pray to our Heavenly Father as we come together to worship you this morning that 
Our worship to you will be pleasing to you, and we worship in spirit and truth. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for the sacrifice of your Son, Jesus. It is the only avenue that we have to escape this life and escape the, the thrones of hell. We're so thankful that he died for us, even as undeserving as all of us are. But we are so thankful that he did that. We pray this prayer in the name of, of Jesus. Amen. We prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper, and Sean Stamps comes and directs our thoughts in prayer. Let's sing, He Paid a Debt. He paid a debt, he did not owe my plans of mice and men I kind of had laid out what I wanted to do and then I get a text from Bill that kind of takes it away but I'm going to stay with it anyway so y'all just bear with me as we take our minds back to that cross and that wonderful gift that we were given habits of effective living living with the end in mind we look back at the past and we know that when we read that the suffering that occurred and the pain and all the sin of the world was taken in. And we look to the future and we know that if we decide to accept this free gift, that we will get eternal life. And what do we do with that today? Well, I think this weekly coming together and partaking this becomes a habit, and that's living with the end in mind. So if you would, pray with me as we go to the cross. Lord, we come before you again and no way that we can say thank you enough for the gift and the suffering that your son did on that day for our sins. Please forgive us of our sins, Lord. And allow our minds to go back as we make this a habit, to go back at that moment in time when his body was sacrificed as we take this bread and we understand and we consume that we're becoming part of that, let's just sit there and, and dwell upon that and put away the worries of this next week and the concerns of this world that have always been there. But we're here now and we have our own now. But let us just pause that and go to that cross. It's in Jesus' name, amen.
this morning, and uh, Jamie Johnson's song came on. You should have seen it in color. It's a great song if you haven't heard it. And it got me to thinking about when Christ died, the world was gray and black and white. It was dim and hopeless. And imagine waking up three days later to find out he's not there. We got to see it in color. Just imagine that. We get to see it in color. It's wonderful. Pray with me. Lord, we come together once again to think about this gift and this blood that was shed that's red, the color red, washes away our sin. What an amazing gift of the Lamb. As our mind goes back there, Lord, let us partake of this fruit of the vine that represents that and understand it. In Jesus' name, amen. set aside this time to give back and uh, I don't know why I got stuck on country music this morning but uh, I thought about this earlier in a week it's just another song that I like and Hank Williams Jr. 1981 talks about the interest rates are up and the stock market's down it's where we're at right now too you're going to get shot if you go downtown well where's our church I hope we don't get shot but a lot of y'all take care of that anyway, but uh, serious, seriously, the day-to-day workings of the United States and the world and the monetary things shouldn't be our real concern. We can never give back enough, pay back enough what we owe, but we can help this church to further the kingdom and realize how we've been blessed. Let's pray. Lord, the blessings that you give us day to day, it's just a wonderful life. Even when we suffer, when we're sick, when we're in pain, we ask why me and why the people I love. But we know that this suffering is temporary. And we know the gift that was given and the price that was paid, and it can't be paid back, but what we can do is reach out, further the kingdom right here in Tyler, Texas with this church. As we write that check, we give that debit or we 
give that online contribution. Thank you for giving us this avenue to do it. It's our many blessings we say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my to go to the BLAST program. It's also time to pass your attendance cards to an aisle that's closest to you, and we've got young men that are coming down each aisle to collect these for us this morning. Before Davey comes with our lesson this morning, let's all stand and sing, We Bow Down. You are Lord of creation and Lord of my life, Lord of the land and 
tell you there is no one here any more surprised that I'm standing right here this morning. This was not on my agenda. This was not what I expected. And when I looked at my phone this morning at 7, there was a text from our preacher, Bill Allen, saying, would someone please fill in for me this morning, knowing that Tucker is out of town and seeing that Eric had not yet responded to the text, <laughs> I walked to the bathroom and I hollered to the door and said, Guess who's preaching this morning, Sonia? And she said, Oh. <laughs> so here I am. And I'm happy to be here. This morning in our Bible class in the chapel, we looked at Philippians chapter 2, the first 18 verses. Well, for worship this morning, I want to go back to chapter 1. And I want to talk about walking worthy. And what does that really mean? Walking worthy for the gospel. Walking worthy for the gospel. Christians should find true joy in loving one another and partnering together to spread the gospel and growing in Christ. Not only that, but Christians can glorify Christ by living worthy of the gospel regardless of the matter or the circumstances in their life. But what does it mean to be worthy of something? People in our culture, today's culture, we often, maybe we strive to be worthy of, of a rank. Maybe we strive to be worthy of others' expectations of us. What does it mean to be focused on something? I mean, really focused. We focus on our jobs. We focus on a task. We focus on education. We focus on winning a sporting event. We, we focus on a number of things. At 7 o'clock this morning, I started trying to focus. First, I just started trying to wake up. Then I started trying to focus on what in the world? What in the world am I going to say this morning? Well, today we're going to see that our main focus should always be Christ. Our main focus should be Christ. And I want, hopefully, for that to sink in deeply. 
in our discussion this morning. Paul wrote the letter to the Philippian Christians while under house arrest in Rome around AD 62. And he led the way in obeying Christ's command to take the gospel to all people groups. He helped to establish so many churches, teaching those Christians to obey Christ's commands. That's our mission. That's our partnership with one another. Paul was accompanied by Timothy. Often, Timothy would accompany Paul on his journeys. Timothy was with Paul when he first preached the gospel message in the city of Philippi that this letter is written to. You read about that account in Acts chapter 16. That's where we learn about the baptism of a lady by the name of Lydia, a seller of purple. A lady who was already studying the scripture. She taught a ladies' Bible class by a riverside. She was converted to Christ. She was baptized for the remission of her sins. We find in Acts chapter 16 the story of the Philippian jailer as Paul and Silas were thrown into prison. And at midnight there was a great earthquake and the chains were unloosed from the prisoners and they could have escaped. But Paul and Silas convinced them not to. And the jailer became terrified by that incident. Paul and Silas taught him the gospel. The Bible says that very hour of the night, he and his household, his entire household, were baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins. The church was established in the city of Philippi. Timothy, young Timothy, loved the church in Philippi. In Acts chapter 2, I mean in Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 19, Paul writes these words, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. And I love this statement. For I know no one like him. Paul said about Timothy, I know no one like him. Who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare? For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy. He has proven his worth. How as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. So I hope therefore to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself might come also. He was a proven man of God. Paul offered personal thanksgiving for those in the church at Philippi. Due to their love for Christ, due to the love for their fellow Christians and their faithful partnership and participation with him in his own gospel ministry. Much like the very mission efforts that we support right here from West Irwin Church of Christ. I might mention just a few of those. But let me first say our mission starts right here. It starts right here at 320 West Irwin Street, Tyler, Texas 75702. We have Donnie Cook working diligently with other teachers 
preparing and teaching our young ones that they might learn and grow in knowledge of Christ. We have Tucker working with our middle school and high school students, helping them expand their knowledge of Scripture. Many of those have already obeyed the gospel and are growing and walking with Christ right now already. We have Eric, we have Bill. Appreciate all of their great works as well. I'm at the Benevolent Center with so many volunteers from our congregation. Our mission starts here. But we also support so many other things. Apologetics Press, Eastern European Missions, the Guatemala Institute of Biblical Evangelism, Derek Brown in Jamaica, Casa Hogar Orphanage in Mexico, World Radio, One Kingdom. The list goes on and on. How is it possible? Because we partnership in the gospel message. That's what Christians do. That's part of our worthy walk in Christ. We have a bunch of ladies who meet here on Tuesday. We have various groups of women who come here every Tuesday and prepare lunches for our shut-ins. We have others delivering those meals. We have a group of ladies that come every Tuesday, up to a dozen or so of them, meet over at the Benevolence Center in a room. We call it the sewing room. And they're putting together diaper shirts and bandages for orphanages and hospitals in Africa and other nations, doing great deeds for the cause of Christ. The other works at the Benevolence Center, the food pantry, the clothing uh, room, with a number of volunteers giving of their time and their energy. We have a wonderful mission committee made up of men like Ken Culpepper, David Wicks, Cody Abels, Tom and Donnie Cook, Howard Dixon, Wynn Weathers, and perhaps others that I'm missing. And I know I'm missing others who do other things. But you know, Paul praised the church at Philippi. I'm praising You, you're deserving of it because you allow Christ to work through you that you might be found walking worthy of the gospel of Christ. And Paul assures the church at Philippi with these encouraging words, what God begins, he finishes. He doesn't give up. That's my encouragement to us. If we start a good work, finish it. Don't give up. There's a lesson there for us in that statement. Keep working. Keep doing good. One of my favorite passages in all of the Bible is just the simple fact that said, Jesus went about doing good. I want us to be known as a congregation in the heart of Tyler, Texas. Busy doing good for the cause of Christ. And so Paul encourages these Christians to continue their partnership with him in the advancement of the gospel. And verse 7 provides the reason that Paul cared so deeply for them. He writes, It is right for me to feel this way about you all. Because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, 
both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. They were co-sharers with Paul in the gospel of Christ. And they demonstrated it not only in the good times. They didn't give up on Paul because he was sitting in a prison cell. They still supported him. They were a tremendous source of encouragement to him. Knowing well that what they demonstrated toward Paul could have costed them their own lives and their own freedom. You see, they knew they were to be risk takers. Many of you might recall that not this just the summer that ended, but the summer prior, our summer series was entitled Being Risk Takers. And we learned of stories of men and women in Scripture who were willing to take the risk involved in walking lives worthy of the gospel of Christ. Well, it was the Philippian Christians' mutual love for one another that drove them to faithfully stand with Paul and to stand by Paul. And I believe that had a lot to do with the courage that Paul could state these words in Romans 1 verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, both the Jew and the Gentile. Well, what do we learn from verses 9 through 11? When Christian love increases, so does knowledge and discernment. Two very important aspects of our walking worthy of the gospel. Are you growing in knowledge of God's word? Are you reading your Bible? Are you studying the scripture? I don't care if you're 8 or 80 or 9 or 90. There's more to learn. It's a growing process. And when Christian love increases, your knowledge will increase. But so will your discernment. And this would include sensitivity to the truth of God and to the needs and situations of those around us. I can assure you that since Donnie Carnathan retired from his work, that me spending hours and hours in the benevolent work of the church has opened my eyes to far more than I could ever have imagined. I believe I have a greater understanding of unconditional love. And I needed it. I desperately needed it. I believe I have a greater discernment of people and their real needs. And I needed it. And I'm thankful for the opportunity I have of serving there. The word discern in verse 10 was a term that spoke of the testing of metals and coins to determine the value and whether or not they met specific Standards. The Bible says as Christians we are to be wise as serpents. 
but as harmless as doves. We need to make proper discernments. And finally, Paul's prayer was that these Philippian Christians would be blameless at the day of Christ. What do you mean there? I encourage you to be blameless at the day of Christ. Well, this is a righteousness that comes only through Christ, but it manifests itself in the way in which we choose to live. Do you know a person can actually watch you and know whether or not you are living as a Christian should live? If you think you can hide it, you're wrong. You're being watched. You're being read. You're an open book. You truly are. Paul's prayer was that these Philippian Christians be blameless at the day of Christ. There's not a doubt in my mind that our elders pray for every member of this congregation making that same request for us. As a church as a church family, that we would live blameless lives until the day of Christ. Our lives should be characterized by a growing maturity, by a growing holiness, by a growing love for God, and by a growing love for one another. That's the first 11 verses. Well, what about verses 12 through 30? We learn this this thought. Christians can glorify Christ by living worthy of the gospel no matter their circumstance. We always seek an excuse as to why we're not walking as we should. There are no excuses. There are no reasons not to. Paul assured the Philippians that what had happened to him, even his own imprisonment was being used for the advancement of the gospel. You see, Paul was saying, there is nothing, (laughs) there is nothing on this earth that can prevent me from preaching and teaching Christ. I wonder how many times in his ministry you would hear words similar to these from Paul and others like him. We must obey God rather than man. I know two or three times in Scripture that you read it. (laughs) Well, outside of Scripture, I'm sure he said it even more times in some fashion or other. We must obey God rather than man. Do you know we make choices every day that we live? Are we going to choose to obey God or are we going to choose to obey man? Are we going to live to the standards that this book holds us to or are we going to accept the standards of this world? Keep in mind here that Paul's imprisonment was because of his faith in Christ. He wasn't in prison. He wasn't in a jail cell because of the reasons that so many just two or three blocks from here are sitting in cells this morning. He sat in a cell because he affirmed 
Christ and Him crucified. He hadn't robbed a bank. He hadn't raped anyone. He hadn't kidnapped. He hadn't stolen. He had done nothing wrong. Paul could rejoice over his imprisonment. Most of all, brothers, in verse 14, having become confident the Lord, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, I am much more bold to speak the word without fear. And I want you to do the same. Speak the word without fear. There's a lady, she's passed. She was a member of the church in Frankston. Her name was Jewel Hines. When I was 22 years old, I began my ministry, youth ministry, in Frankston, Texas, where I now live. And Jewel Hines would tell me this phrase at times. Davey, you've got to be strong. That's not what she said. She said, they can kill you, but they won't eat you. (laughs) Don't be afraid. (laughs) If it costs you your life, don't be afraid. They're not going to eat you. I'll always remember that. I'll always remember that. Paul was not so naive to think that everyone was preaching with the right motives. We need to take note of that. Some preached Christ for selfish reasons. Verses 15 through 17, we learn that. But regardless of the many motives, Paul rejoiced that God's life-changing truth was being proclaimed to those who didn't believe. Let me read, starting in verse 15. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth. Here's what's most important. Christ is Proclaimed. And in that, what's Paul say? I rejoice. Christ is being proclaimed. Rejoice in that fact. Let God deal with the motives. You know, Bill often reminds us I'm not God. (laughs) Well, I'm not either. And you're not either. God will deal with the motives. We find ourselves wanting to. Let's be grateful Christ is being proclaimed. Verses 18 through 26 speaks of several things. Paul speaks about his own confidence of his deliverance from sin. His coming to know Christ. He speaks of his eager expectation of seeing the Philippians again. He, like Timothy, loved that church. 
Paul speaks of his desire to honor Christ. He says, whether in life or in death, my desire is to honor Christ. To the very point that he struggled, I mean really struggled, between living and dying and being hard-pressed between the two. As a matter of fact, he said, personally, I'd much rather die. I'd rather go on and be with the Lord. He says, but I believe you need me. I believe you need my leadership, you need my teaching, you need my courage. And so God chooses to keep him here. And then finally, regardless of Paul's destiny, he wanted the Philippian church to use their lives to honor and glorify Christ. And the key is found in verse 27. Only let your manner be worthy, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. That's what I'm talking about this morning. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything, by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that being from God. This term, the manner worthy of the gospel, it was a political term. And in very simple terms, it simply meant live as citizens. Live as citizens. But what does that mean? It means I want you to do the right things. (laughs) Simply stated. You live in the city of Philippi and you do what is right. Live as good citizens. You live in Tyler, Texas, but live and do what is right and in accordance to God's will. You'll be noticed for it. And this includes standing firm in one spirit as a body of believers. Not as an individual, but as a church. You're a member of a church family right here at West Irwin Church of Christ. Live in such a way that you stand firm in one spirit, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, faithful in word and deed while united together as one body. And then in verse 28, this reminder, don't be terrified by your adversaries. Don't be afraid of the challenges, not that might come your way. Don't be afraid of the challenges that are going to come your way because they're coming it's going to happen but stand firm as a family be bold as a family 
Lean on one another for support and encouragement. And God will act on your behalf. Be willing to suffer on behalf of the gospel of Christ. Paul wrote to those Christians that had been dispersed all over the world of that day. And he wrote these words in 1 Peter 1, 2 and 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And while we may not know what trying times will come our way, we can determine what our response to them will be. Knowing they're coming, plan for them. Already know your attack. (laughs) Already plan your scheme. Like Paul, we can use these times as a chance to further the gospel. And so I end this morning simply to say, live in ways worthy of Christ, regardless of the circumstances of your life. Are you living worthy of the gospel of Christ? Are we as a family of believers serving worthy for the gospel of Christ? If you need to respond to the gospel of Christ, I ask you to do so as we stand and sing the invitation song. I if you are visiting with us we're glad you're here and we want to invite you back whenever you can be with us our closing song will be the first verse of let every heart rejoice and sing let every heart rejoice and sing let your
Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day, and uh, thank you that we get this chance to come here and worship you and learn more about your word. Please be with us as we go out into the world in the next week, and uh, let us take what we've learned here today and apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.